everyone. I'm Dr. Rachel Lupian. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Sparrow. Our climate is in crisis, and we all want to help, but we might not know how. We're talking to people who have figured out how to use their talents to combat climate change in the hopes that their journey might inspire your own. This is How We Got Here, because the Earth needs professional help. Hey, Steph. Hey, Rachel. How are you? You know, good. I'm excited to chat today. Yeah, last episode of our first season ever. What do you think? I had such a great time seeing you all year. Also just chatting with some of the coolest people who, I don't know. How did we do that? I don't know. I don't think I'm... I'm humbled they all said yes. Oh my gosh, me too. Um, But it was so great. And I just, should we like do a little wrap up? Like we talked to poets. We talked to journalists. We forced someone to slowly (laughs) explain to us what cryptocurrency was. Yeah, blockchains. Remember that point in our season? Also, I still think they're dumb. (laughs) Not blockchain. The tech makes sense. But like, it's all (laughs) fake. It's all, like the the mining, it's all, it's bonkers. I... Learned a lot. You know, I talk about the utility grid all the time now. I was like, uh-huh. all technology. I mean, that's all I say. Oh, that's, that's great. But we learned so much and we got to hear so many cool stories of people just being very okay with figuring stuff out yes. as they go. That was a common theme. I don't know. To all our guests, I think I think I learned so much and I thought it was really interesting. I think it really showed me as someone who we're going to talk about academia today. Mm. It's always like, what else is out there? <laughs> The it showed me just the variety of jobs I didn't know existed, and <laughs> also just how important communication was. I think yes. every job was like, no, 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 you need you need to be able to talk. Yeah, and and but 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 that's something that's not taught to you often. Oh, and right, so right. a lot of learning those kinds of skills on the job. There's a, a yeah. big theme of that as well. But yeah, communication with other people is yeah. just great. It's huge in in all sorts of fields. Yeah. And I'm so excited to think about season two in our off time. But okay. that's not what we're talking about no. today. We're not. <laughs> we're going to di- dive in. <laughs> I'm so nervous. But let's talk academic job market because you just went yeah, through it. And I sure I think, did. I think it's. It's hard to know without, I don't know, it's a really hard space to navigate. The rules are sort of all unwritten. Yes. And I think, I I guess we should preface this by saying we're just two lady scientists who've done it. (laughs) AKA (laughs) scientists. Uh, Yeah, I should probably say My my good friend Ruben used to joke that he always calls me a lady scientist because he knows I hate it. And now sometimes it sticks. Um, Damn it. Yeah, and I say it out loud. But yes, we have we have two unique experiences. No experience is alike. And I can speak for myself. I have been extremely fortunate. This is a game of chance and luck a lot of the times. And don't let anyone else convince you that they are better than you because they got a mm -mm. job. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Luck Uh -uh. goes into it so much. So, 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 so much. And I think... So we, I guess we should also mention this, Rachel. We asked people to write questions in. Yes. Um, and some people talked a lot about their sense of worth being tethered to the academic job market. Yes. Which I 
get. Very difficult to to sort of disentangle the personal from the work life in that case. Yeah. And so uh, let's emphasize that luck again. (laughs) So much of it is luck. And Rachel and I also have, we chatted about this beforehand. We were both very, we went to, we were privileged enough to go to very good schools that probably got our foots in doors they yeah. likely wouldn't have otherwise. Definitely. So there, there's all that. So that's why when we, we just want to preface this whole thing where we like, we acknowledge our privilege in the situation. And then we acknowledge that we also just got really lucky yeah. for a lot of these things. Yeah, we, we did. Um, and I think, you know, throughout the whole job search process, I was repeatedly told that there is just no point in figuring out what the search committee is looking for. You know, they write the job job ad, but it's it's just kind of a hit or miss. And Steph has been well, on yeah. a, has sat I on can, a couple of committees. Oh, I have definitely... chaired a search committee. Oh. Don't you? So sounds the... like a fun experience. Holy God, it is a different <laughs> level of hell. But being on the other, I was yeah. I was lucky enough to be on the other side can of it confirm. as a post. Oh, my God. As a postdoc, I was allowed to be on the other side of it. They let the ah. postdocs in, which I think was very helpful professional development-wise. Yeah. Um, but then, right, I have been on a search committee. I've chaired a search committee. And I think all of – so the the job ad is being written by four to seven people yeah. who might all have very different interests. And who, like, might not get along all that great. Who likely <laughs> don't. I am lucky enough to be in a department where everyone gets along. Yeah, but that's But also right. the, the needs might be compete. I remember there was a job ad that was just, like, climate scientists, and that's all right. it said. And oh, like, and that's what? actually that's actually on the specific side. I mean, there there are some jobs that are just like anything in earth and environmental science, and right. then and it's so frustrating. This is what this has been really frustrating for me, and I'll talk about this. But I applied for jobs for four years, so oh, yeah, I applied for to the same place a couple of times at a couple different places. That happened actually. And yeah, and I know for a certain they didn't hire someone the first year. I know for, at a different place they hired the internal candidate the yeah. second time. And it's just you oh, never know what's God. going on. So you just don't know. I fully understand. We are in this profession that takes so much of you <laughs> that you tether your <laughs> self worth to your job. I'm like, I think of my sister who's a software engineer, and she's like, okay, but that's like such a small part of me. And I don't think mm-hmm. academia. There, there's an unhealthy relationship between your job and who you are because you're re- you're so interested in your research, right? And, like, yeah. then it sort of becomes all-consuming. But you don't know what's going on behind the scenes at the search committee. You don't know what the department's saying. You don't know if there's an internal hire. Yeah. You don't know if there's politics going on above you. I think Rachel right. and I have both been encouraged to apply for jobs that <laughs> neither of us even got the yeah. first-round interview for. Yeah, but. right. Right, so we also got a question about, um, like, it seems like everyone who gets the job has some sort of uh, secret or, or, you know, yeah. um, internal connection to some, some faculty on the search committee, or they just have um, sort of a, a line to, to different information that other candidates are getting. Um, 
And that definitely happens. You know, I have a friend who every job he applied to, he asked to speak with somebody on the search committee, no matter what. And I think a lot of them said yes. That was something that I had never even thought of doing. Just to like check in and see what they were Mm -hmm. looking for and just get some inside information. Exactly, before the application. So, and that's a way to sort of make those connections if you don't already have them. But I will say... That I have applied for jobs where I have been specifically encouraged to by faculty at the university. And and I'm not saying that they were, you know, dishonest or didn't actually want me there. But again, it's four to seven people or whatever it is trying to make these decisions. And so if that one person really wants you, that doesn't mean that you're going to get the job. And I, I, I just in general found that I was more successful at the places. And when I say more successful, I mean, got the job or got a, got a second round interview at places that I had no connection with at all. I did what your friend did. I applied for jobs for three years. I think it was like job season all the time. Yeah. Um, and I would try and do that to, because I can try and sell myself different ways as a physical geographer. So I would do that to try and narrow, be like, should I, is it even worth my time? I was trying to get a sense of that search committee. Like, what are you actually looking for when you say ecologist or when you say environmental scientist? It's so tough. Um, But in some of the places where I was like, wow, I've had such a great conversation. Can't wait for that Zoom interview to come through. Never got it. Never. And then you you never hear. (laughs) No, never. And this job that I did get, I specifically remember the job ad because I remember showing my husband the job ad and it was and it said something like oh we want people who study environmental science and that says something like and focus geographically on Africa which I don't do (laughs) um and I don't know where I was I don't know if I was the first candidate the second candidate or the third candidate you know Mm -hmm. but I did eventually get a job that job so you just don't you never know what I think that's all just to say you never know what's going on behind the scenes there's luck there's privilege. Yep. There's Rachel and I both know so many good scientists who yep. have been on the job market for a while, and I don't. Right. And I think they'd be great, better professors than people I know yeah. <laughs> who oh do have God, jobs, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's. Do you want to start? Do you want to start at the beginning, Rachel, yeah. of your job process because you just went through it? Yeah. So as I said, I I applied for jobs for four years, and that's mm-hmm. I think. Quite long, and the reason that I applied for jobs that final know. year of grad school, it's because my alma mater, Amherst College, was hiring, Ooh, and yeah. I was like, "Wow, I cannot pass this opportunity up." And I put together some materials, which include a research statement, a teaching yep. statement, yep. and a cover letter. These days, almost everywhere is requiring a diversity and inclusion statement or something, yep. you know, along those lines. So, yeah, so I, I sort of put these materials together. I don't even remember showing it to many people. I was probably mortified. I was probably very embarrassed by what I actually did put together. I had no sort of formulated thoughts on teaching. I hadn't done a lot of teaching. I had no idea of research plan for five to 10 years. Like really, I wasn't ready, but I put together this application and I actually did apply for another job that year because this is the theme that will carry me through the four years is once you have that one application oh boy you so, use that thing so much easier to edit it yes. than to write something from scratch so no matter what that yes. first application is the hardest and 
I will say throughout the years, every t- and when I say years, I mean the, the it's usually in the fall. So these jobs yep. will come out September, October, November, um, and you'll you'll apply throughout the fall. And I so, called it job season. When job I was a season. I yeah. Was like, Advisor, I hope you don't care that I'm getting very little research. I know. Right yeah, that's we'll we'll touch on that later. I think, but yeah, it's it's hugely um, time consuming. Um, yeah. Yeah, but but every job season, I would open you know the job application that was, I was happy happiest with last year, and yeah. I would open it and be like, first of all, I have grown as a scientist so much in a year. And oh, this is the only way that I would ever know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you, I could identify ways to improve it. I, you know, added in the new paper I published and, yep. and you know, just concrete things like that. But also, like, um, you know, details on how I had matured as a teacher, as a researcher. So, and search committees do like to see the acknowledgement of progress Mm. and the the willingness to be like and this is and I will continue to learn and I will continue to progress and I things will change and I think that openness is a good thing um speaking of openness sending research or sorry sending your uh your materials your job application materials again research statement um teaching Teaching statement cover letter statement cover letter statement so sending these to peers, but also like I was lucky enough to send it to PIs that yeah. weren't my advisor. That was yep. really helpful. Um, and sometimes you sort of hit the jackpot and get someone. In my case, I had someone sort of tear apart my research statement, and it was, was it me. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you are you are so helpful. This was no, probably no, no, no. the it's following okay. year. And and the other I feel thing, like I tore your stuff apart. That's why I was. Oh, I am so oh, great. used to get. Remember it. Never this was mind. like this was like it was like you it's need like, to change to the pieces, structure of this. Like everything yeah, is inherently wrong. Okay. Yeah, I basically rewrote it. But basically, I had written my research statement in terms of what I had done, what I was currently doing, and what I will do. And he tore it apart and said, "Well, like what research questions are you interested in?" Oh, and that, yeah. So, so I ended oh, up restructuring yeah. it into two main research directions and throughout cool. talking about what I had done, what I'm doing, and what my plans are in terms like of those what research drives directions. your research. Like yep. how am I thinking about research? Exactly. And here's where I was. Oh, I like that. I like yeah, that Yeah, and so that sort of restructuring for me, yeah. I don't know. I think I had that for... I think I had that structure last year as well and wasn't super successful last year in the in the job market. But it, it what honestly, do you think changed made, between last year and this year? I bet that helped. I bet that helped. Yeah. So, so. I mean, that made me feel it. It helped me my thinking, like and your I think, confidence too. Yeah, confidence. and it and it helped me gain confidence in like you know what I do have a plan for five years of research. I can see what a PhD project would come from my my you know future potential proposals and stuff like that. So you are actually saying too, Rachel, that I'm picking up is like even though you applied for these jobs as a grad your last year of grad school mm. you were that was more of a like oh we'll see what right but you were you didn't feel as ready but in this process of like tearing apart yes your exactly. your research proposal it actually did give you the confidence that oh i i could yeah. be a professor like here like, i am you, you know as scientists we're in lab yeah. or doing data analysis we're not sitting yeah. down and like writing our 
goals down that frequently and so <laughs> you don't you a, don't start your day with a goal yeah. checklist <laughs> no it's actually quite a good exercise and yeah and I mean and again like I would open up a job application and be like it's like a quantitative way of sort of seeing what you've done in the past year and how your yeah. thinking has changed and that was really good so by last year and I, I'll tell you my thoughts on what I did, which is a little different after. But by last year, you had a good. You're like I. I was feel, confident. I can be yeah. a professor. I have plans. For, I have research plans. I could. I have PhD projects in mind. Um, I'm targeting R1 in research institutes, which is different yeah. than me, so I can talk about that. Well, and I will say that that evolved over time too, and that's actually probably the first thing I should have said is. Right. My first job applications that first year were to Amherst College and Carleton College. So teaching small liberal arts schools. Very different. And I think, you know, amazing places like not for everybody probably would love to end up there. But I think I was focusing on these colleges because I wasn't confident about really starting a research program. I understand. And over the course of my postdoc, I, I got there. Um, and that's fine. Like uh, there's, that's okay. There's, it's so okay to sort of shift a lot of the times. Um, I was applying to a mix of places. It's like, Oh, Mount Holyoke. Amazing. Would love to live Uh, in the pioneer Valley. Like truly, truly Mount Holyoke. Hire us. (laughs) But also, yeah, it's it's sort of, there's pros and cons to each position and that varies by person completely. So no harm in, Applying for a mix of schools, no harm no. in changing your mind. Well, before we talk about the thing that I, I want you to get at what you think changed between last year and this year. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just, so I sort of went into this, so I was on the job market, what, 2016 to 2018, I started in 2019. Um, and then I went into it thinking small liberal arts. When I was a graduate student, I tried to do teaching, a uh, teaching yeah. fellowship. So I tried to, I was already thinking. You did do a teaching fellowship. I did. I taught at a small liberal <laughs> arts college in, oh, it sucked to do that. I delayed my <laughs> thesis. But it was good. It was good. It was yeah. honestly very useful. And I think set me apart from applicants in other small liberal arts. Right. To be like, I created my own course. But the other thing I did as both a graduate student and a postdoc, most universities have these teaching center these these professional development centers because professor academia wants to create more academics and i took every (laughs) uh like teaching statement workshop research statement workshop i did i did it where we went to grad school i did it as a postdoc i did all these weird workshops to get my stuff just as rachel said read by as many different people as possible and i felt confident about my materials not about myself, but my materials the day I left graduate school. And I got... That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Zoom interviews for three years. And then I can talk right. about my horrific first in-person interview later. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's it. that is a very different trajectory to me. And yeah. I, I, I think that is rare. I think my situation or my oh, yeah. experience is probably more common where you're not, <laughs> you're not leaving grad school with a killer job application. But I, I, the other I thing did is, take. I will. I honestly took so much time though yeah. in graduate school and like forced so many people. Like no, my, you're my also I guess like my an my amazing communicator and writer. So it's to like to seek out those those workshops. Like I, I think yeah. some people. I know people in our department, 
yeah. maybe potentially one of my advisors, thought it was a waste of time, right? Right, right, right. But I but no. always did my own thing. Yeah. That's a lesson to everybody. Like, who cares what your advisor really thinks? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and I just proved that I could get myself done while also taking these workshops. And I, yeah. and I do think it was a game changer. That's awesome. But yeah, there. I okay. I took a I took an online class during my postdoc on teaching. Yeah. So to sort of bolster my application, but but not. I mean, it was for me though. It really was. It was like oh, I'm yeah. gonna need to teach, and I want to know how yeah. to. You know, it was on inclusive teaching, and it was really interesting. And it took time, but I mean, and I, I didn't get credit for you know. But oh no, it, but yeah. it is. It's also just kind of mind blowing how we are in these in jobs where. <laughs> <laughs> they expect you to teach but yes there's no exactly. there's no like hey you should take a class my husband's mind was blown when he learned that like <laughs> <laughs> professors don't have what do you mean you don't have you haven't taken like, one education class teachers yeah. yeah oh here's the thing we are not so we are professional researchers who have to teach but let's yeah. get back to this real quick before we we talk about maybe like bad advice we got and like first round interviews um I think collectively, Rachel and I have both applied for over 100, 120 jobs yeah, I in think our time so. of application. Which you is know. a shit ton of jobs. So many. That's and the I, official unit. That, <laughs> shit yeah, ton. It's a shit ton. Um, what, what, what is the thing that you think set you apart? Because you were like, last year you were like, confident. I have these materials. Yeah. I have a plan. I could teach. What set you apart between last year and this year? So I also am lucky, very privileged to have postdoc advisors who actually mentored me and sat yeah. down with me in the first couple months and say, what do you want out of this position? And my main thing, you know, I had written a couple of papers at that point. I had mastered, I wasn't changing... Um, my actual research all that much between PhD and postdoc, which a lot of people do and I was not. So I sort of had the lab work down. Uh, my sort of missing piece, which I knew not just for job applications, but to actually become an independent scientist was this proposal writing. So asking oh, grant writing. for yeah. money. Get yeah, that so, money from the government. Yeah, and so I had two advisors. One was super helpful with the big picture kind of questions. The other was, or is, day-to-day sort of little questions here and there. He really helped with the editing and the writing itself and the budget preparation. It took me two years to write this first proposal. And the second one took me one month, truly. I mean, it it was, it is such a learning curve. Yeah. But so on the job applications this fall, I had two proposals pending. Absolutely not funded. Not funded, just submitted. Pending. I was told just having that you applied for a grant. Yes. Yep. Proving that you know what that looks like, that is huge. And that's true. From the other side of research community, too. That's true. If you can just prove that you know how to submit a grant and navigate that process. And honestly. Doesn't mean it's funded. Right. It's big. Right. And the the fact that it took me so long the first time and so short of a time the second time shows that, yeah, having that skill under your belt is like a game changer. You're not going to get to the get to your new institution and ask somebody how to write a grant proposal. So 
I mean, right. you know, people do that all the time. It's obviously not like a, a must, but is just showing that you can you can construct your own research question. And it's right. it's sort of what Rachel's getting at, being like, I'm forward looking. Here are the things I want. Right. I have projects lined up. I have questions I want to ask. You don't need to win it. Mm-hmm. You don't. You just have to show yeah. that you know what you're doing a totally. little bit, and just that... a little bit. And I know we got some questions to us, like, how do you distinguish yourself from other candidates? What grants should you apply for? Are there specific fellowships? And no, just apply for whatever you can yeah. that you have a thought about, that you think is a cool project. And that you have the bandwidth and time to yeah, actually I could talk spend about that one on. for a yeah. while. <laughs> but the other thing I would say, I mean, like, what are, I think, the takeaways? Send your materials around to people. Yeah. Rely on your network, whether yeah. it be your peers, your colleagues, people on your academic committee. Send it to people outside your field that are willing to read your stuff. Apply for small grants, small fellowships. Just show that you can do it. And then the one other thing I will say about materials, um, being on a search committee, this sounds small and maybe it's obvious, but based on applications I've read, it's not. Just write one or two sentences in your teaching statement and your research statement that's just proved you've been on the website of the school you're applying yeah. for. That's it. Like, I remember yeah. having highlighted sentences in each of my applications. Be like, this is where I would change whatever you call the GIS lab. This is where I would change courses. This is where I would change. And that makes a big difference to the committee. I had a a whole paragraph on, and I made myself find three people at each institution that I could collaborate with. And that's something that's, even if it's like, half a sentence, like literally half a sentence, it's like, oh, that person knows what that person does. Yeah, exactly. This person took the time. Because yeah. I think we They're all are aware <laughs> that we're all sending out, Rachel and I are sending out 120 applications. <laughs> I think in four years I probably had 50. Yeah. Anyway. And but some of those, that... again, were at the same place. But so I just that... switch them up a little to, like, <laughs> prove that I wasn't. Change the date on the cover. Change the <laughs> yeah, date exactly. on the cover letter. Oh, can I do it? Can I, can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. I have. I have irrationally strong opinions about length of cover letters, and this is one something... page. Oh, yes. two pages. No, it can be two. No, I it can. No, I disagree. Okay. I, you can fit it all on one page. I think I. You just can. Have... <laughs> I don't. Rem- I think fine. We're all one and a half, but I understand oh. what you're saying. <laughs> I know. No, people are like pretty split on this. I think definitely um, don't go over two pages. That's, oh my god, no that's one a wants whole to other read that. First round interviews are really interesting, and I've seen them. The explanation for them. So behind the scenes on search committees that I've been on or been witness to at other institutions, not just my own, what I've seen happen is everyone gets a, like all the applications are submitted. Everyone reads all the applications and does a quick yes, no. That's like Hmm. pile in, pile out. And like based on majority, yes, majority, no, that, that changes. Then there are, based on this. Oh, okay. Well, here we go. Based on, and I don't know. This is, I've, these are things I've seen done. I mean, that makes sense. Then there's sort of like, uh, when you think about the job, you have categories like, how is this person in research, teaching, um, DEI, whatever. And you rank, there's like Likert scale one to five. Mm -hmm. Everyone sort of does this numerical dance. The names get 
taken away. Everyone sees scores, then cutoffs are made, right? Jeez. But you're trying to be transparent and fair. Yeah. And not show. So to try and get rid of that, like, internal candidate bias, honestly, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just in general, a lot yeah. of these places, most of these places, except literally the job that I got. Yeah. <laughs> because it's in yeah. Europe, I they, they just do things differently, but... Here it's Probably usually better. Uh, yeah oh I'll, I can talk about that a lot better. <laughs> um, there there was only one interview, not two. So so typically so like, here, oh. and I had a bunch of these first round interviews this year. I was successful with those. So usually they're fifteen to thirty minutes, or yeah. like four. One of them was fifteen, and it was so short and strange. Well, but, the uh, yes, go. The other thing is you have like six questions you have to ask every candidate. The same yeah. questions and you have to get through all those questions with every candidate. Yeah, and these are typically on Zoom, and and they were typically on Zoom before, and then yes, COVID the happened, and now they're all on Zoom. Definitely on Zoom. Yeah. So then, what generally is how you have? I think we did for the most part. Uh, every one of mine were 30 minutes. Yeah. And I, um, right. You, the committee has a set of questions they have to ask. But the that's, same questions to that's everybody. That's not true. So no? that is oh. not true. I had Ooh. maybe 10. I had a lot this year. And there was such a range. There were some that were like, there was a script. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, were, so, what... that were so strict. Yeah. There were some that told me exactly what questions they were going to ask. Like prep were, you, yeah. There were others that didn't. And then there were a few that were literally just conversations. And there was... It's kind of nice. It was like they jumped. It was really nice. It, but I think something like that can introduce bias. And so I yes. think that's why a lot of places don't do it like that. Yep. yep. But yep. that is also possible. Um, and you can certainly ask beforehand how it's going to be but um, do you get any weird questions in your zoom interviews i yeah i it, yeah and, and typically they were all in general they were all the same there was a question about research there was yeah. maybe a second question about research depending on the university there's yeah. a question about teaching there's a yeah. question about dei yeah uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. maybe two two and one. like why do you want this job yeah why what makes you excited why about this, this job? school right yeah right some of them. <laughs> I, yeah. I did get some curveballs. One one institution asked me exactly what textbook I would use to teach the specific class that oh. I didn't even know that they were Why asking me to teach. And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> like, I, like, I was like, oh, I yeah. don't know the answer. And I got an in-person interview at, like, I, that was okay <laughs> in the end. I, can I just jump in and say when I was applying to grad school... <laughs> MIT asked for a list of textbooks in the classes that I took in uh, college. Oh, and I was like, I don't want to go to MIT that bad. This is a great way to weed people out. Steph, I had such a similar experience applying there for grad school. Yeah, this was for grad school. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't remember that, but they changed it. (laughs) But I, I remember, like, it was like, list every math and physics class you've taken in college. I have not taken a single math or physics <laughs> class in college. Zero. Zero. Can I get it? And I literally was like, forget it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. That was, I was like, like, you know what? Is not it, worth this it. Is not this worth is a my question. Time. Not, anyway. But so, yeah, honestly, I think that yeah, was go. the weirdest question. I also got a question about, like, at the very end of your career, how would you view success? Ooh, Which is, like, ooh, fine. Yeah. But also, I'm not really sure what they're looking for I basically and this is actually another place that I felt like I didn't do great and 
it was kind of about this question. And I also got an in-person interview or a second round interview, yeah, I should yeah, say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so like, again, it's hard to know what they're thinking. <laughs> well, I rem- I feel like, no, you never leave a Zoom interview and you're like, that went great. Like there's yeah. no world. You're a sociopath if you leave a Zoom interview. <laughs> like that was the best experience I've ever had. Yeah, they're, um, but they're not fun. Yeah. I was no, I was gonna agree. The Zoom interviews I thought that I did the worst at were the ones where I got in person interviews. Yeah. I like remember I texting why. my husband like, Oh, we'll never be there. And I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, here we, we are. <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I I will also say I had Zoom interviews I think every year I applied because yeah. of or no, it wasn't actually. The Carlton job actually got a first round interview, but it was at AGU. It was at this conference. Oh, so that it was, was a like bit come, different. Yeah, yeah. But I will come say, especially this year, I was I was feeling myself. Did I you? I was feeling okay. confident. I was feeling relaxed. I was I had prepped. I hadn't prepped like in an insane amount, but I had I knew what I wanted. I mean, I had written these I Did had written these documents, right? So I've already thought like, through these things. Did you have a every Zoom interview I, to this day? Yes, even if it's, I know you what have you're going to ask. Uh, do you have a Word doc up yes, with your answer? Absolutely, hundred yeah, percent. Do that. There's yeah. no reason. No, like no one can actually tell where the camera get a, is. Get a have second monitor. That Word yeah. doc up. Or yeah, exactly. Throw it on your phone. Get a tablet. Go yeah. into a computer lab. And it's Every really time. tempting with the with the Zoom interviews that um, gave me the questions ahead of time. It was oh really God. tempting Write to just them. sort of like it felt like I was babbling on and on because I was basically reading yeah um, bullet some points ums for, and just like take a yeah, pause no, I to make it seem like you're but... thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Let me. You know what? I do have a that's fresh a, new idea about that's that. That's a great question. <laughs> Let me just ruminate on that for a huh. second. I didn't read the email from you with those yeah. questions, please. <laughs> How about okay. that? So, so okay. we go beyond. Oh my god! I'm realizing there's so much to talk about, and we have so little time. I'm, no, it's fine. I, I guess the other thing I want to say about oh, Zoom go. interviews: yeah. sometimes you hear back in two days, other <laughs> times you hear back in two never. months. I literally I was got like, an never. I got a second. Yeah. Oh, 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 sorry. Oh, you got or a never. second interview? Yes, I got oh, a second got interview in like two months oh, after. I didn't, it was I thought you were going to say I just never was told I I was did not get the job. Yeah. No, I no. That's also pretty rare. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this congrats. first round interview. <laughs> hey, congrats. And you were invited to an on-campus visit. Bring the, snacks. Bring snacks. Bring Ask snacks. for bathroom breaks. Stay oh, hydrated. Bring sure chapstick. If, if you get, so <laughs> things that'll happen is depending on the school, you might have to do a small little um, lecture. If you're asked to do that, ask for the syllabus of the class. Ask what they're taught covering that week before. Do some interactive activity that just takes time because it's less of you yeah. talking. Oh. In one of the interviews that I got, they asked yeah. me to do a, a teaching demo. Yeah. And, and it was like... during, like, the height of Omicron. And it was, like, all the students were going to be virtual. virtual. But yeah. I was going to be in the classroom. And I was like, oh, I no. can't. That is not a place where anyone thrives. I found students to be very generous when you're a random person yeah, in that's the room. Right. You also have to do a research oh. talk. 
Um. When I was a postdoc, I had a fantastic <laughs> postdoc advisor and another great professional developmenter, development mentor. But my second month at Dartmouth, uh, they had a job pool. They had a job application. And I was like, oh, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. I'm here. I don't yeah. know these people. It's not like I have to be here for three more years if I don't get the job, if I'm six of six on their list of not mm-hmm. <laughs> So I made it past the first round and then I got an on camp. It was my very first on campus. Yeah. And this was your second year applying for jobs. Right. But se- in second month of my postdoc. Like literally right. I got to Dartmouth in August and, so, and I threw, I think I and put the like, application. I can out. do that. Well, I, I, like, again, super confident in my written materials. Yeah, right, right, right. Not right. very confident in myself and my being in my person. Yeah. And so it was, I remember sitting in the, there's, like, a, there's an, inter, and that, I will say, the department there is low. I love the people there. I'm still, my advisor was wonderful. I love so many of the people there. But I remember sitting in the, um, one of the interview portions where it's like a panel interview essentially and it went so poorly because I was so unprepared I went back to my office down the hall and then hysterically cried oh god and then I just like felt that in my soul the go down your office and cry oh my god and then they because I'm there I can see everyone who they bring in there were six people that they're interviewed right um I gave a talk I thought it was fine I was, like, being very collegial and funny and myself. <laughs> I'm imagining the person who talked to me about it later listening to this being like, you idiot. <laughs> I was like, I had a collegial. I had a cup that I was just, like, drinking at. I don't know. I was like, I was like I'm in this department. Here, like, I'm one of you. Blah, right. blah, blah. You walk down the hall. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's like your home. Okay. It's weird. It's, yeah. Right. And so they invited six people. They ranked six people. I don't think I was even, they might have said not even qualified. Like you could be like not even competent. Like they ranked five. Yeah, honestly. Because oh. like, the first person, I, the first person declined. The second person declined. <gasps> the third person declined. The fourth person accepted. And I was like, I wonder if I was like out yeah, of, but it was, was, close. It, was, it was, it was, it was bad. And then, right, I had to get up the next, every day after that and Oof. show my face in front of all of these people. And I did not realize how bad it went until I was like, oh, I'm applying for another job. And someone in the department, um, he sat me down. He was like, hey, let's Let's talk. And he redid my whole. And do you know what, Rachel, what's really interesting? He actually told me to reframe my whole job talk in terms of how you redid your research (gasps) thing. Open with your big questions. Yeah. Go from this to this to this. Tell me where where you've been. Tell me where you you are. Tell me where you're going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So look, Mm. and if I hadn't have failed... Yeah. So, I can't. I I like still my stomach turns over when you I failed think about enough it. for somebody to say something. <laughs> Holy! It was like such an epic failure, and it took yeah. so much of me to just get up every day and get back on this awful horse that was going to see these people every day. Not that they were mean about it. It was yeah. just like a you're you're tied that going back to the top of this tied to self worth. But that being said, show your job. Talk to people. Don't go oh in there blind. Gosh. Don't, and don't, yeah. I'm, I'm going to my friend's job talk, practice job talk on Wednesday, and yeah. I'll give her yeah. feedback on what I know, but yeah. what do I know? But So I did a lot of things. Where, talk to each other. Right. <laughs> I think, and I talked to other postdocs, and I talked to my old lab group, but I wish I had, uh, like, later yeah, career people, yeah. yeah, look at it. And it was, I mean, it was, I mean, also, you can never be too professional enough. 
in a job. That's what I learned from my Dartmouth interview. Yeah. People also, you don't act like your friends. It's really don't make, don't make jokes all the time. It's not right. it's not a good look. Make some jokes. Show who you are. Save it for the podcast. Save it for the pod. Oh, yeah, but also, it's tough. Ugh, and I, I also I had a different experience mainly because mine were all online, and so oh yeah. That actually was a big, that's actually another reason that I withdrew from a bunch of these was because they were, a lot of them were virtual. And so I wasn't actually going to get to see the university. I wasn't going to get to see how they chat with each other down the hall, see their lab space, stuff like that. And so it was like, well, it's just going to be me sitting in front of the camera and them questioning me for one or two full days. And so I, it was just not. It wasn't happening. Well, so these things are full day, like two days usually. You go out to din- you go out to dinners. Yeah. Because you're interviewing them as much as, if you've yep. made it to this round, you are interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. My postdoc advisor, when I got a job interview that was not a Dartmouth, he was like, here's all the things I prepped for my Dartmouth interview. Oh, and wow. it was, oh my God, it was wonderful. I mean, I will never be at the level that my postdoc... Jonathan Windsor, the most organized man I've ever met in my entire <laughs> life. He had records about everyone he was going to meet, what they did, questions for them. Yeah. I mean, it was, and I did a. I ch- yeah, I tried to do that. And it was I just... tapered that down <laughs> enough. Yeah. But you do want to have questions ready to go. Actually. Bring snacks. Yeah. <laughs> ensure they're a bathroom break. And honestly, don't be afraid to show your personality. I know I may, just during a job talk, don't, don't make stupid jokes like I did. Yeah. Um, but, um. And have a good job talk. That's actually the more important one. I think, though, being personable and, you know, it's not something you can just, like, turn work on. on. Yeah, exactly. But that that also can help separate you from other candidates, I think. Oh, but, yeah. Just be a nice person. The yeah. admin coordinator. The person who's been doing all of the logistics. Thank them, <laughs> thank them profusely. Yeah. They've worked so hard on this. Totally. Just seem engaged and interested. And there's no, I don't think there's any right or wrong. If you get the if you get the in person interview, make sure you know what the school's about. Make sure you know what classes yeah. you might be teaching. Yeah. Make sure you know who you're talking to a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's it. They don't expect you to like have read their most recent research paper. Absolutely they don't not. expect yeah, they're yeah. not gonna like quiz you. They shouldn't. And if they do, that is something about that department that maybe you should be thinking about. Yes. Do you wanna be in a department with people Absolutely. like that? I don't know. Yeah. I have a question for you yeah. as someone who's been on search committees. When yeah. they're making that cut down, down to three or four oh, people to bring, do they already have a ranking that probably won't change? So sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes a Zoom interview is really the make or break, seeing yeah. how people answer. There's Usually in the ones I've been on, there's always been sort of like one standout. Yeah, okay. That were like, oh, unless this person. Sort of agreed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. But after that one, I've never seen it broken down I've never seen it as clean gotcha Um, particularly and this is getting back to what we're saying at the top the search committee is made up of people with competing interests right 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 everyone wants to hire somebody that does what could work with them yeah exactly (laughs) and you don't know that and that's so so shitty yeah so shitty all right. Just so you this got the, one little part is shitty, though. The rest is amazing. Let me... Oh, <laughs> we had a question about family like, and academia, up, and then I will... T- oh. All right. Negotiations. <laughs> Get there. Yeah. I I mean... So, okay. I, I will just preface this by saying I I only entered negotiations with into, you know, with one university, yeah. 
And this university is in the socialist country of Denmark, where I was immediately assigned a negotiator who negotiated on my behalf, oh my which God. is absolutely amazing. My salary was my salary was on a scale and I could negotiate within that scale. But again, I was telling this person information and they were doing it on my behalf, which was incredible. There was also not actually a lot of room for negotiation. And then other than that, I was just emailing with the department chair to ask for things, basically. Um, One big part of that was um, discussing with him and asking for support in applying for um, a startup, basically. That's how yep. it works there. It's not a given. It's sort of um, you apply for a research grant. And he brought it up and he supported it. And it was a delightful experience. And uh, sorry, but it was. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> if you are not lucky enough to <laughs> get a job. Work in Denmark, I think. I don't know. I mean, every time you tell me about it, not uh, on this podcast, I'm like, how do, am I? Like, what is I it's, it's, a, it's a very different system. And honestly... It seems amazing in every way. I will get back to you. <laughs> Report I am back. sure there are yes. things. I will let you know season two. I'll give an update on if those things. But I will say, I have a book. What is that book called? I forget. We'll link to it. The, prof- uh, the professor, professor is in. And this is a this is a book that's like a little aggressive. It's like a little much. Yeah. But yeah. I found, and it's like, you should do this. You shouldn't do that. And that is like the opposite of what me and Steph are saying here today. Yeah, no. But there is one page that lists all the things that you could negotiate on. And that is huge. I was like, oh, salary and startup, that's it. But no, it's like summer salary, salary for students, yeah. other yeah. like field trip, but like, all these things. So that was super helpful. Maybe we'll link to that. I don't know if that's uh, like, yeah. Copyright, copyright infringement. We'll have to figure that out. Tweet so it I was. <laughs> I don't think the are... author of that's listening, but <laughs> if you uh, <laughs> if you get to the negotiation stage in this country, not in wonderful countries where you get half a year of maternity leave, um, you... half a year. <laughs> Is it a full year? Don't tell me. I don't want to know, Rachel. I got. I won't feet. tell you. I won't tell you. Um, Okay, you so then the department chair is sort of your teammate, and they're out of the nego. They don't affect the negotiation process that much. They can like sort of try and vouch for you on your behalf, but you're negotiating with the deans. Right. And never feel bad about asking for too much because the worst they can say is no. And this is the one time in your career at this institution that you can negotiate for a salary. Other than that, you're out. It's just it's just whatever raise system is implemented. So that was another piece, like frank piece of advice, being like, this is your one time to negotiate. Right. Ask for and it can affect your. It'll affect your salary in twenty years. Your salary could be so different depending on the two thousand dollars you've negotiated. Exactly. And I could talk about how maternity leave and career and COVID stop gaps really do because of compound interest affect your return in over and over again in ways that I didn't think about and my I my jaw just dropped oh yeah anyway I so, haven't thought about that that's oh, oh okay. I did recently Don't so th- okay okay <laughs> um but what I would do my postdoc advisor again Jonathan Windsor gem of a person sent me 
the Chronicle has published, and I will link to this too. Um, you can look up a university and it will say the average assistant professor salary there. And because I use this data and then I got told, well, that number that you were looking at, which is honestly like 85 to 90,000, I oh. learned that the business school professors here make more money than the arts and sciences professors because I'm like, why? Economists, whatever. Just because they know how to do compound interest, they get mm. more money because of it. Um, and then the startup, I checked with my department chair, and I was like, hey, what do you think the max is on this? <laughs> and then I went, I did 150% of that, and I was like, talk me down. Do you know what I mean? Ask for more. Never yeah. feel bad I mean, about negotiating. Yeah, I, use other data points. Use other people's numbers. I was told, like, just don't stop asking for things until they say no. And even even though my yeah. negotiation was a little, yeah. it was very different. It was more narrow. I kept asking for little things until they said no. And yeah. I got some things. And that's, yeah. Uh, and they want you there. They hired you there. At previous institutions, I've heard people negotiate for parking spots. Oh, my God. You, you can, there's I've stuff heard people on the negotiate for, like, like, like I saw a tweet. Okay, I didn't haven't heard people say. Okay, yeah, that's the same hearing about it. <laughs> News yeah, is Twitter, right? But yeah, it was like literally when you're building a lab. I think that's a big part oh, yeah. of it. You need to get so many details. Negotiate for like literally the number of coats of paint on the wall. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I but think I guess crazy, but I think we got questions about like tweet. guilt negotiating for high amounts. No, don't no. ever feel guilty. You are <laughs> if you you you're. If you feel guilty, turn on this podcast and just listen to Steph go, no, no, ask for what you guilty. want. Don't ever feel tethered to the yeah. job. I don't know. You're better than this job. Yeah. Okay. And it's really important and it's not that important to them. And I think that there's also something to be said, Rachel, and I'm going to link to this resource that is not for academia, but I think we should be transparent about salaries. Yeah. We should be, tra- I mean, like with all of the bullshit going on with adjuncts right now and not getting paid for the multitudes of work they did like that whole ucla thing where it's like yeah. adjunct wanted no salary like yeah. no, no it was like what was it called a non-salaried position something. yeah yeah <laughs> some stupid like a we'll pay you in like department. class credit and i'm like who that's not gonna pay the bills yeah. class credit oh my god but i think and i'm gonna link to a resource that is outside of ac no there were some academic jobs in there that had salaries of grad students and postdocs and other other academic jobs that my um, friend Clara sent. And I think it's very, for all earth and environmental hey, science Clara. Hey, Clara. Okay, the, one of the last <laughs> questions we got, and I'm just going to touch on it briefly, is like, do you think academia is friendly to oh, being a woman having a young child and did you make any decisions based on that and the answer is no I think it's incredibly unfriendly to it I just talked about this like pay gap that you're taking that is actually by delaying your tenure clock because that's the only other time you might get a raise this was an institution built around and for white men with people at home to raise families um, most of the women I know and I look up to and I hold in high regard they were they were the their job was the the job job and the other partner just sort of had a more flexible job. Honestly, yeah, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. A non-traditional. My husband does also have, he makes his own. We could not work if my husband had a nine-to-five job. Yeah. And I'm very grateful all the time. That's Because wild. I have a baby now, right? Yeah. And yeah. I distinctly remember chatting with my postpartum therapist about this and just being like, this is unsustainable. She's like, do you think it was just unsustainable before, too? And you just <laughs> didn't have 
you didn't have anything else to like tell you that it was and I was like right right but that being said I will continue I have a baby pretender I know a lot of women that waited and I when I look at them and I'm jealous of (laughs) they're like waiting for but I'm not gonna ever let this job well I don't even I'm just thinking about like pretender like I'm gonna be like in my 40 yeah, I mean no, that's most, not true but like no yeah late 30s 100 like post tenure is like yeah oh, when you easy. need three or four years of a postdoc position and yeah. you did your little research assistantship like I did to actually get research experience to get into grad school like that's tough most of the women I know currently with babies my age are seven to ten years older than I am hey Steph yeah you want to come to Denmark with me yeah, I fucking do. <laughs> Truly. You're, it's a bike-friendly, cute little city. Oh, that it's so into. cute. I think it's, it's the, kind of... Wait, did go. I tell you? It's the Is city it the... of smiles. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is, no, academia is not a friendly place. I think the more women there are that are young and advocating for it, maybe the friendlier it will become, but it's really interesting to see these dynamics play out. And I also think you can't, well, I, I can't tell you what you can or cannot feel, but I will never, ever make a decision that is family-based based on my job. That's where yeah. I am. But that leads to the last question that we got that I think <laughs> is where I'm headed. So it's, a, it's a question we need to, to highlight. Yeah. What am I doing with my life? We don't know. Neither of we us don't know. know. We don't have an answer for that. We don't. Not Maybe for we'll you. Look, not for not us. Not for us. <laughs> We might look back on this in 10 years and be like, wow, we were a dum-dum. <laughs> but yeah. um, hopefully that was even a little helpful. I just yeah. want to emphasize that the whole system is bullshit. And you are, everyone listening to this is right to be frustrated. <laughs> I also, yeah. just on that note, like a lot of, I think a lot of people's stress can come from, um, well, the sort of the competitive nature oh, of yeah. it. Yeah. And I just want to say, like, I, as a third-year postdoc with friends that are third-year postdoc or whatever, a lot of us are applying for the same jobs. And I will say that I, I don't know if I just pick my friends well, but we were all very, very supportive of each other. And at no point did I get the sense that anyone was competitive, that I was feeling competitive. And it just makes the whole process easier and better to talk about these things with somebody who's also going through it. Yeah. And this gets back to that same thing. Like, you don't know what's happening on the other side. Don't tether it to yeah, yourself work. Right. And if it doesn't work out, it's also okay. And you have yeah. you've built so many skills that you can apply to things elsewhere, right? Um, I don't know. It's I think it's I think just think it's a hard space, but hopefully and feel free to follow up with questions that any yeah. of us can help with. Well, I'm looking forward, Rachel, and you brought this up, but I haven't <laughs> been thinking about it this time, the time change. Time but <laughs> we'll figure it out. I'm so looking forward to season two. Yeah, me so, too. If people have suggestions for what, like a job we haven't covered, yeah, we have ideas, but we want other people's ideas. Yeah, we want a lawyer. We want a renewable energy engineer. There's all sorts of things out there. We, that want, we have. Inco- we have an activist coming on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Musician. So, you uh, let us know. If you know somebody that you think we would like talking to... Tweet at us. Send us an email. DM us. Yeah. How fun are these? We're around. Also, also, the the last thing I will add is a a plea. I don't know if that's the right... Is a request. So we... Rachel and I love this. And we take... A beg. Yeah, I'm really just begging. (laughs) And we take time. But we also... I... We pay our guests the smallest amount of money... 
because we're not a well-funded podcast. Um, but we do pay our guests because we don't believe in people volunteering their time and their effort for free. And it helps us apply for more money to pay our guests. Yeah. If you rate us or leave us a review, we've heard such beautiful things oh from people. Gosh. Uh, like the tweets that we've gotten personally, these DMs, uh, and yeah. like, oh, you had a message. We had a message on Instagram the other day that was, yeah, delightful. go check the, go check the the the, the Craig Santos from, Perez on Craig does, yeah, from Marion Raiden. Marion, you're the best. Oh uh, my god! But like, could you write that on like Apple or yeah. just like whatever? <laughs> yeah. So, so we've been meaning to. <laughs> <laughs> We love them. We need that. We need the validation. Yeah, we but need more. We need it written <laughs> elsewhere. So when we put you know materials that gif? together, you know that a gif or gif gif. I say gif. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna say gif. You know that gif of um, what's her name from um, um, Mona Lisa Saperstein? Is that where you're going with that? Yes. <laughs> money please money please but honestly it helps us get money please from people who already have a lot of it and just need to spend it in good ways and we believe in this and yeah at least seven of you make us think that you do too just not on any site that we could send to people who could give us money (laughs) so what so can they write uh reviews on apple like apple i think i don't know everywhere you listen to your podcast can't you write a review except for maybe spotify yeah i don't think you can on spotify apple you definitely can Tell your okay. friends. I don't know. Look, at, you know, watch out for us for season two, and we're in. We're we'll all be in Denmark. Do you want to hear how to say apple in Danish? I absolutely do. Able. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's that A E letter combo thing. Oh, they're smushed I together. Able. Forgot that there's a different alphabet. Yeah, I just finished the Duolingo. Danish. So you can speak Danish now. Uh, night. <laughs> <laughs>